0: i my. Welcome to Speak Sex, I'm your host, Steve Eurydice. Today's guest is uh, a classic. <laughs> she has been uh, in this field uh, longer than most of us, so she, I'm sure, is full of stories and, and experiences. Her name is Lori Handlers, and she, Lori is uh, the author of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy, And uh, through her company, Butterfly Workshops, she um, offers sexual health and awareness courses for people and corporations since 1999. (laughs) So, And for the past 10 years, she's the host of a weekly radio show called Sex and Happiness. She's been in three films. She's teaching at the International School of Temple Arts. um, And... Right now, she is also working in radical life extension um, practices. So she's putting it all together into a talk she calls "What Sex Got to Do with Aging." So <laughs> that's a that's a juicy big bio. Welcome to the show, Laurie. Thank, Thank you so much. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, well, you know, I I feel that there has been an explosion. Um, of uh, sex coaches and, you know, sex positive, you know, guides, especially uh, with, like, you know, the internet allowing people to just, you know, start um, Instagram accounts and Twitter feeds and YouTube channels and, you know, TikToks and, right? So I I am very heartened by that because I see so many young women kind of like go out of their way, and sometimes not even for, for any financial reasons, you know, only for like cultural support, you know, is, is part of like a movement for change to, uh, to empower the body, and particularly like the female body, <laughs> which, yeah. you know, which is the source of, well, of course, life, uh, life and, and, and therefore pleasure. You know, nature like designed us so we, we are the source of pleasure because we are the, the means to conception. And, um, and, and, and kind of like, you know, working around the extreme like lack of validation, right? That the patriarchy has set up in numerous ways to, to kind of like, you know, uh, disrespect the the you know the body woman's body and instead you know super validate (laughs) you know the mind (laughs) and the the work of the mind and the work of culture so i'm so heartened by that i you know i think it's it it speaks to like a shift and and then i look at the world around us you know of of the culture (laughs) which is totally falling apart (laughs) and um and of course you know this week of the of the you know political stage with like the same old kind of like patriarchal drama of um you know the the dynasty drama <laughs> you know yeah. who is going to kill the old god and be the new god you know and we have so many people of that generation that you know that seems to want to hold on to power because they're I think um, you know unconsciously aware that when they go a lot's gonna change <laughs> so yeah how do you like do you see a connection between the two I do um, and 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 how do you respond to it you know in your in your personal, but also like your professional practice?
1: Well, that's um, a really interesting question. <laughs> um, first of all, I have decided that nothing will rob my joy. Like my pleasure is my birthright. Nothing will rob my joy. And so I practice practices that keep me joyous no matter what. I do emotional release practices for uh ridding my body of anger and hatred and um, fear and worry. And then I do other, I have other practices, orgasmic practices, for keeping myself joyous and full and happy. So um, if you really want to know what I did about this election... Yes, I, <laughs> I do. <laughs> there's a practice that we teach at ISTA called aspecting. Aspecting is something like voice dialogue, or it's like an old gestalt therapy Mm, mm. practice. So what I did was called pillow humping. So I pillow humped both candidates. (laughs) I I pillow humped the United States. I, I yelled at both of them saying, you know, how dare you ruin my country um, how dare you? I mean, both of them suck as far as I'm concerned, but one is worse.
0: Yes, um, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, and I
1: I did, you know, I took the pillow. I I, missionary positioned the pillow on both sides of aspecting, and then I, the pillow humped me, and I got to a place where I was neutral, where I didn't have any more fear about what would be the turnout you know of the election um i only see the upside as being very small i don't see it as being a huge upside um so i just got myself to a neutral place like prior to the election i was considering leaving the united states like right away um and going moving to either mexico or costa rica and then um after I did that aspecting session, which was quite a session, I, it was about an hour's worth of of, of, of pounding that pillow on both sides. You know, I put them on both sides. Um, I got neutral. I'm not as uh, worried about it. I think there's some dangerous factions in the United States right now. I think that, uh, I think we've pro since the Civil War, I don't think we've probably been as divided. Maybe during the Vietnam War, we were that divided. I mean, I was part of that. And I didn't, I mean, everyone, everyone was a pig, you know, like I used to demonstrate in the streets. But I, I'm not as, I'm just not as, uh, I'm not in such a hurry. Like, I, pro- I may move for a while but I'm not scared. Fear isn't making me run. So, so that's how I, so that's what I did. Um, That's what I do. Nothing's going to rob my joy. I mean, my joy is critical for my, my life. So that's what I learned. That's what I learned from sacred sexuality. That's what I learned from Tantra, how to run energy in my body that's joyous and orgasmic and, and pleasurable and not um fear-based or anger based yeah
0: yeah yeah so when i I first uh when i first started tantra i just remember this as you were saying it that you know the main the main practice was to be you know to remove like the the ego to be and, and be so in tune with what is that you are naturally convinced that what you're living is what you want most of all, you know, like I remember, you know, the teaching was like, you know, as you leave your home to go for a walk, if it starts to rain, you've just wished that very second that it would rain. And if it's, you know, so basically embracing, you know, what is as part of exactly what, you know, you wanted, instead of, you know, this idea, I think, which has been a little misconstrued in, in new age circles these days of like kind of enforcing your will. <laughs> you know, the idea of like the secret or manifesting has been a little, you know, uh, misunderstood and, and, and sometimes applied to like, you know, what I want, I'm just going to, you know, manifest on this like whole world by, by the force of my will which really is not the harmony, you know, the, the harmony, which is happiness, you know, the meaning of happiness is harmony in Greek, you know, the pursuit of happiness in the, in the Bill of Rights was written in that Greek sense of like harmony and harmony is, is tantra. Yeah. So yeah. that's what you yeah. just describe in, in a, in the practical, <laughs> like dramatization, right? In an embodiment, like practice of,
1: Yes, I had to do that. Letting I had go that. of
0: being, yeah, married to like one result, um, exactly. Yeah, and seeing, like you know, seeing the similarities instead of the differences between yeah. the two options, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, well, I see the similar I saw the similarities anyway. I didn't like any of the options, but I said to myself, "Okay, I'm going to get over the." I don't like to produce cortisol in my body, so I know the science of this, too. So I don't want cortisol in my body over the election or over anything. So unless I'm, unless I, I'm really in fear and danger, you know, if someone's coming to my house to invade my house or, or hurt me, then cortisol is important in my body. Cortisol also wakes me up every morning, but I don't want excess cortisol in my body, and it was. I was so upset, I was so freaking out. I was just like, especially after the George Floyd murder, I I was like, like I've marched in the streets for so many years. I've uh, directed anti-poverty programs. I've done voter registration programs. I mean, I've been a very active citizen. And so when I started getting really afraid, I thought to myself, okay, I gotta do something. So that's what I did. I did aspecting. And um and that, and I worked it out within my own nervous system so that I I'm not walking around fearful.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great suggestion, you know, for our listeners. I mean whatever it doesn't have to be a pillow, but whatever way seems natural, you know, to kind of like, you know, be be equally okay, relaxed with either outcome, you know, because our Our overall, I think, job is to get away from this, you know, know, two-party monopoly or like two-gender monopoly or like, you know, the the worst of two evils kind of mindset. Um, So, you know, getting away, you know, kind of like stepping out of that that play, you know, (laughs) I think is the best thing we can do uh, personally, but also like socially you know, so that we don't like clash unnecessarily. Like what are we defending when we clash, you know? And, and, I, and I feel that a little bit of it is also like identity politics, which has been again, <laughs> uh, you know, m- misunderstood. And, and so um, instead of kind of like, you know, practicing not seeing, Uh, visual identity is like the main identity and actually recognizing the essence of everybody you know it's been turned around (laughs) so we confuse like optics with with being (laughs) right Uh, with like soul um you know which again it's unfortunate but it all it works for the media and it works for social media and you know because it keeps us engaged and so their you know their job is to get the ratings high and to keep us engaged through their different you know screens and devices and well consciousness just, consciousness comes in handy <laughs> for us right i saw that in the movie social dilemma yeah
1: and it was very disturbing yeah um, i mean i'm part of it we all are. Everybody. I mean, unless you're completely off the grid. But i uh, I see how. I see how a monster like a Frankenstein got created, and it wasn't their intention. But now that the monster is created, they're not doing enough about it. That's the problem. Like they don't know what to do. Well, it's you know, they were
0: there were kids, right? They were kids. Yeah. They had a good idea, which was a very primitive idea. Like, you yeah. know, the way that I understand it is like, they took, you know, the gossip meal at like the water well. I mean, I grew you know, I grew up in a village on an ancient island, you know, in Greece on Lesbos. And, you know, there were two things going on socially. The women would go get water and trade gossip. And like the most crazy ideas would, get her you know would be remembered most and the men would like go to the cafe and you know play like backgammon or or whatever smoke and also do the same and that's like part of social media you know the twitter the mis- disinformation so they just took yeah. that and then the other part is the promenade you know in the evening especially after church they would all walk like up and down by the river and look at each other because like, they were not allowed to talk, they were not allowed to be alone, you know? So like, how do you figure out who you like? You're just looking as you walk. <laughs> Boys separately from the girls, right? Sometimes chaperone. And that's like Instagram, you know? So they just took this old primitive behaviors and they put them on the internet to make them accessible, right? Beyond like, look, geography and, and language and culture. Yeah, but which would have been one thing. But then they had to monetize it, right? So, like the the film, what the film taught us is that, in order to monetize it, they sold us out to the advertisers, right? And we became yeah. their product. That's what the film basically yeah, exactly. made clear. Yeah, exactly. That our if, attention. When I,
1: was,
0: when I was in high
1: school, we had something called slam book, and a slam book was like you take a notebook like this you know just a plain notebook and then you would put each page would have a picture so the top of the page would have my name and my picture the next page would have your name and your picture all the boys and all the girls were on the picture and then it got passed around and anonymously people would write comments about the person and then anonymously
0: that's
1: anonymously if you wanted to be known Then you would write your name, you would sign, you know, uh, Eve, beautiful girl, my best friend, love her, or Eve, that bitch, blah, 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 you know, like, you could write anything, and then, and they got passed around. And I remember, if the teachers found it, they would confiscate it, they would say, it's very negative, it's a terrible thing to do, you can't have slam books. So, all the slam books were confiscated by the school unless you could hold on to yours and really hide it. Wow! And um, they were outlawed by the school because they said it was cruel. You know, like there were people who were unpopular, so they didn't get commented well. And um, to me, Facebook and Twitter (laughs) and Instagram is just one big slam book. Like I like, you know, I love her, love what you said, love this. If I don't like him, I just don't comment. They said, I think it's Werner Erhard who, who created EST and Landmark Education. Werner Erhard said it was worse growing up to be a kid who didn't get noticed than to be a kid who was called fat or ugly or like at least you were noticed. Werner Erhard said that if you got good attention, that was good if you got bad attention, that was good. If you got no attention, that wasn't good. Like if you, if you, were, if you were ignored. So like what I'm saying to you is, you know, I might, <clears throat> I might see something on social media that I don't comment on, that no one comments on. And that's worse than if somebody said like or don't like. Like no attention was worse than, than negative attention. You know, people want attention. Like Donald Trump likes attention one way or the other, Do you know, negative or positive. He says he doesn't like the negative, but if we just ignored him,
0: he would hate it. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So well, anyway, it's a little I, bit like you know, I, what
0: Warhol was saying, you know, which is like everybody wants their 15 minutes and it doesn't matter. It's all, you know, the same. You were speaking earlier about your activist work, you know, since the 60s and and 70s. And um, I recently saw the the trial of the Chicago um, 7. And I have had this question, you know, how did this this movement, the hippies, um, you know, the who, who, who basically were the people who put together the consciousness community in America, right? So right. it was like counterculture, you know, make love, not war, you know, get high, experiment with like uh, esoteric traditions and Eastern cultures. Um, so I think that that's how we, you know, like when I first came to America, my, my first teacher was Allen Ginsberg and and kind of and I stayed in that world, which combined you know intellectual academic uh, rigor with these practices like meditation, you know veganism, chanting. um to me, that was like progressive, you know, they were against the war, they ended the draft, you know, they were rebels, I thought, you know, the beat poets. Um, they were they had a social conscience, writers with a conscience, and I felt mm. that like after the death of the author that 's all we could do um, and then somehow, at least he- here in Florida, but I think it 's more prevalent that community has slowly in the past few years turned like a con which is like conspiracy you know, focused, so, like, the anti-vaxxer people or, you know, people who kind of, like, made sense, you know, natural birth, you know, doulas, there there has been a move toward, like, QAnon-related, you know, beliefs, and so a lot of them actually voted for Trump in this election, um, particularly here in Florida, so I'm trying to understand, like, how that trajectory even how could you, how, how has this movement gone from being, you know, a very progressive <laughs> and anti-establishment to being, again, anti-establishment, but, but somehow assuming that the deep state is, is like not associated with whoever, you know, the man who is president, you know? You can't, you're
1: asking the absolute wrong person to try and understand this or explain it. I've never changed my consciousness from then, from the sixties to now. I'm completely the same. I have more money. Um, you know, I remember, uh, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years ago, I was involved in a community. I'm not in that community anymore, but in that community, they asked me, you know, how could you be more abundant? I said, well, I would have to stop working alone. And then I joined ISTA. It's very interesting. Like about three days later, the creator of ISTA called me. ISTA called me and said, are you ready to join me now? And I said, that's interesting that you called me just now. Yes, I am. And I stopped working alone. I started working in teams. And I started working with um, 13 or 14 of the most talented um, sacred sexuality teachers in the world. I feel really uh, privileged and um, and humbled by it, at the same time. But I ha- I cannot explain to you how pr- people that I grew up with, people that I went to college with, people that I marched in the mm-hmm. streets of Washington D.C. with, um, have turned to become more conservative in their craziness or their rebellion or their whatever, I don't know. I, I don't, I just, I don't know. I don't spend my time having political arguments with people. Like to no, me, no, that no,
0: would
1: be as cool as all. See, I feel like working in sex is political. Yeah, I agree completely. I, I yeah. feel like when people wake up to the fact that their body is a source of creation, that their body is creative energy, that their body is, their wealth, like their true wealth. Nothing I own is as important or as valuable as my body. So I plan to keep it here for quite some time. And um, I feel like when people wake up to that and they stop holding on to their um, stuff, Um they'll, you know, something will change. But, I, you know, I can only deal with the people that come to me, the people who are going in a different direction. I don't know what moves, motivates them. Yeah. I really don't. I, some of my best friends from growing up are still my best friends, and I yeah. know that they that they didn't vote for Trump. Like, I just know that they didn't. But I didn't ask them. I don't have to. But I don't understand how a whole generation of baby boomers turned on itself, you know, and started going into theories and stuff. Um, I don't understand it. And I don't I don't have time to like I just don't even want to get into it. Yeah. You know, that'd be a great book if you want to write that as your next one, (laughs) yeah, I'm, I'm writing, I'm writing my second book now called sex and happiness over 60. It gets better. And that's what I care about. Um, you know, and, and that really is. And I feel like the more there's, there's whole groups of people out there who have no idea, even though what you're saying that younger women are taking to podcasting and writing and there's a, huffington post and there's um medium and there's all these places where people are writing now about the body etc like i feel when i started doing tantra there was like five really well-known tantra teachers and then me and a bunch of other people a small group of people coming up as the second rung or the third rung now there's like people saying that they teach tantra like starbucks
0: yeah 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 yeah, it's wild (laughs) yeah (laughs)
1: there's a sacred sexuality teacher on every block yeah like there's, you know I don't know who all these people are and I don't know who produced all these teachers I really don't but um some of them are really good they really know their stuff and some of them I wouldn't let near me you know with a 10 foot
0: pole but that's yeah like I just yeah, well, you know, I feel it's a good shift overall in the culture, though. It's just yeah. having it around, yeah. to me, Yeah, it's good, yeah. I mean, my my first tantra class was with Margo Anand, you know, in Boulder, I don't know, way, <laughs> You at the same time as, like, Ginsburg, so, yeah. <laughs> there was nothing in the culture about it, you know. There was, like, no, you know, it was just a very no. esoteric <laughs> study. <Margot. laughs> Yeah.
1: Margaret and, and, and Charles
0: Muir were yeah. responsible for
1: bringing it to our awareness.
0: Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah,
1: and there were a few others back then. There were yeah. just a few others, but there was Barry Long in yeah. Australia, and um, there was uh, Robert. I can't think of his last name. Um, mm. I don't know. There were two, maybe one or two others. Oh, and there was my teacher, Bodhi Avanasha. and then there were. And but she wasn't as well known as they were. And then um, there was Deborah Annapol came after she was sort of in between. And then there was me and a few others that came out um, around right after that. And that's I mean. Oh, and there was Montauk Chia, of course.
0: Yeah, Mantok Chia. Yeah,
1: so yeah, but nobody knew. I mean, I remember when I used to say people would say to me, what do you do? And I would say I teach a kind of yoga.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. would say, well, what yeah. kind? Yeah, and I would yeah. say it's
1: it has to do with sexuality, and they would go what? Yeah, and I would say well, it's breath, sound, and movement. You know, and they would say like what kind of sound? And I would say ooh ah ooh ah ooh ah. And they that it can't be that. I would go yeah, it's that. Yeah, it's that. You know, like it just there was no way to describe it. The only thing we could say is read about sting. Sting says he does this with his wife. Sting the singer. Oh, interesting! Yeah, Yeah. people made reference to Sting, Hmm. and then oh, I remember Oprah sent one of her reporters or somebody who worked for her, someone on her staff, to a to a training from Laurie Grace. And I, that article didn't turn out that well. I would that didn't that didn't make me happy. That Oprah's exposure was by sending somebody else to something that they weren't really prepared for. So I mean, there was just there was a lot of funny stuff going on then, and nobody really knew. And now it's like if I say I teach tantra, everybody knows what that is. Yeah, like it became a household word.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it's still you know um, it's still in the sense, like a subculture. Um, So, and I feel that, you know, it's still a a revolutionary choice, you know? It's still like, for me, a choice of resistance, you know? Like, I could could have named this podcast anything, because I discuss everything, but just putting the word sex in it, for me, is an act of, you know, politics, a, a political stand, you know? And and yes. and there is a cost, you know. If if I was, yeah. saying, you know, I speak uh, philosophy with with Eve, <laughs> which is probably more accurate, right? Then a lot more people would be like sending the podcast to each other without thinking that it implies sex, right? So there is still that, fe- you know, fear of like the impure. So there is still a, a lot of that exorcism that that has to be done to elevate. Yeah you know, to elevate the the sexual experience, you know, into light. (laughs) Well, and, and, um, you know, it doesn't, it's not like, it doesn't pay, you know, people like to do it just for, you, we don't do it for money like we could do so much more ru- lucrative work you know uh, to me right. it's definitely a, a labor of like love like i think this is essential yeah. work <laughs> you know essential well, as essential like uh, the, the hospital workers essential
1: yeah yeah i want to tell you something my first show was called tantra cafe back when i first started podcasting it was in um I don't know, 2006 or something. I really, I've been podcasting for a long time. And my first show was called Tantra Cafe. And I had that show for maybe four years. And um, then I moved over to the current station that I'm with. And they and the owner of the station said to me, I said, you know, I'm getting bored. If one more tantrika tells me, like they all said the same thing. Like I'd say, okay, what's your favorite practice? And they would say eye gazing. Everyone said eye gazing. We eye gaze and we go into bliss. And I, like I started getting bored, you know, like, okay, can you say something different? Whatever. And everyone, most of the people that I mentioned, by the way, have been on my podcast. I've had Margo on my podcast. Charles has been on my podcast more than once. Um, Bodhi has not been on my podcast, but most people have. Anyway, He said to me you should rename your show you wrote a book sex and happiness you should rename your show sex and happiness well didn't i didn't know that the word sex and the word happiness are the most searched words in search engines so my following and my ratings and my everything went you know from tantra cafe which a very narrow group of people knew what that was to people searching sex people searching happiness and they found the show and they found me and the and the you know the show grew exponentially because i changed the words
0: i risked saying sex right yeah 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 it's nice you yeah. know yeah so
1: that that happened like you know maybe 10 years ago where i changed or, or or nine years ago where I changed, but it made a huge difference in terms of people finding the content. And now we have m- many more shows.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> now we have like, yeah, yeah an abundance. Um, so, but again, you know, a lot of them are very like hands-on, you know, like, okay, how to, you know, you eye gaze this way for so long, you breathe this way, you massage this way, you know, you do this, you change, right? So it's kind of like learning the nuts and bolts of, which is really like unlearning, (laughs) you know, uh, how to to have intimacy. (laughs) But I do think that there is like an overall, um, you know, mental uh, shift, right that that is part of it that without without it it stays superficial you know which like is a little bit what i'm more interested in because i see like how it happened with yoga you know yoga was has is is one type of like really challenging practice and you know with its growing popularity it became simply a workout right so yeah. a workout with special like words <laughs> but you know so yeah so this like tantra ta- you know tantra is kind of a way of life it's not simply like a way to get off differently or right. or be more popular with like woke girls <laughs> right. right um so so i think you know that, that's the, that's the work that's kind of like still left to be done you know to kind of push you know to make that that emphasis um because the this oversimplification doesn't really serve any of these like ancient you know practices
1: so that's what happens whenever anything comes to america you know whenever anything comes to america it gets commercialized it gets licensed that guy uh who did hot yoga he he copyrighted it how do you copyright how can you copyright an ancient thing that existed long before you were born I, I, I you know and then
0: he used it to abuse all these women so whatever
1: yeah yeah so I don't understand all that I, d- I mean that's like so that's something else yeah you know that's that's somebody getting a twisted idea oh let's see I could capitalize this and then right well, you know, that's, that's
0: the word. You just said it. It's in the capitalization, you know. It's yeah. the moment that you marry something that, you know, was like passed down in, you know, from mentor to mentee, right, in a, in a setup that was almost like an ashram, you know, almost like right. a monastery, like holistic, right, and, and instead you're like starting to charge. <laughs> and the more you focus on like making money from it, the more you lose you know, the, the main, the main point, it's like, even churches, you know, it's like churches, like church, where I come from is free. You know, church is always free. You can go anytime, you know, you can speak to the pastor anytime you don't have to give any money. Like in, in the Greek church, they don't pass even the thing, you know, in, in, in Greece, not here in Greece. Yeah. they just don't, there is no, you know, um, so the, the moment that you monetize this type of, of, of practice, you know, you take the spirit out of it a little bit, you know, and the more you, the more you push the capitalization, the, the, the less you, you know, you can bring the spiritual aspect. I totally understand the that. spirit takes mm-hmm. time. Like, spirit takes time. You know, it's not like, do these moves, you know, let me certify you to teach people to, like, sweat this way or, you know, twist. The, like, the spiritual uh, teaching is slower. Because, <laughs> like you said, you can't put it in words. Like, it's like the, the breath, you know. <laughs> it is the, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And.
1: And breath in Greek isn't it spiritos? Yes. Yeah. So, so breath and spirit are combined in breath in, in your breath. original language. Yeah. yeah it, it's tough. Look, people have criticized. When I first started teaching tantra, people criticized me. How could you take money, how could you charge money for this? And I said, Well, I'm giving my life to this now. So you can. There have been times when I gave it away because my heart told me to give it away to somebody. And there's been times when I wanted to charge somebody more money. They were such a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <You> know, <laughs> yeah. When I work with, I do, when I work with couples, uh, sometimes it's, it's very difficult. It is very, very difficult. M- I, f- for years, taught mostly singles. And now, um, because it's funny, because of Zoom, because of COVID, There's two classes that I teach that you have to have a partner for. You can't because you have to practice the practices. And they're not solo practices. We teach people solo practices and then they come together and then they do partner practices. So in order to be in two of these classes, they have to have someone with them. It doesn't have to be their beloved. But if they have a beloved, that's great. Anyway, and then they just are so bad to each other. People, people in couples, like, they just want to pick on each other. They just want to make each other wrong so much. They need, like, the, one of the courses I teach with my partner is called Extraordinary Lovers. And we bring people together as couples, and we teach them how to be extraordinary. How do you want to be extraordinary as a partner to your partner? And we have to get them over feeling resistance Feeling, uh, feeling resentment, feeling revenge, like feeling things that they're so close to this person and they've let things build up to an extent that we have to get them over that before they can get into, oh, I really choose to love this person. I actually choose to be an extraordinary partner to this person sometimes it's so we can see them you know like we can see them on zoom fighting you know they have the mic off but they they're fighting we can see them fighting we have to say you know we have to write to them separately and go stop it like maybe this class isn't good for you maybe you need therapy first
0: oh yeah it sounds like you're doing therapy <laughs> it's uh... It sounds like uh, embodied therapy. Yeah. Well, you know, that's yeah. like a little bit my—I have a pet peeve with the, you know, the whole concept of like marriage. And um, speaking of capitalization, that's a separate <laughs> conversation. <laughs> but you know, you're talking to the right person. i am i this this month. I'm turning seventy-three.
1: Wow! Wow! I, wow! I'm, wow! And in my whole life, I've never married.
0: You, Ever, oh my god, that's amazing! Oh my god, never, I, I'm I, getting I chills! It. Oh my god, I resisted
1: it. I said, No, I'm not doing
0: that. Oh, I am not. Doing my that. god, I love you. I love you. First of all, you look thank 20 you. years younger, thank and you but secondly, like all the respect in the world. Wow, thank
1: you. Never did it. I said I was never going to do it. I was never, I love. I lo- I'm heterosexual. I love men. I've been engaged and, and asked to be married. And I just would say, you know what? I just don't see this lasting forever. Oh my God, I, I, don't see, I don't see us being able to. I never learned how to sustain this. I don't know how to do this. And I'm not going to go in front of people and make some vows that I know I'm going to break. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You know, that that did not make my parents happy, but that I never lived to make my parents happy. No, same. (laughs) So, no, I didn't do it. And now it's funny because I'm in a relationship now with a person who's younger than me, and he has two grown children. He's, you know, he has an ex wife and he has two grown children. And um, I say to him, you know, I'm finally at a place where I love someone and I could really freely love. And I'm not, I could have married you and I could have had children with you. And he said to me, yeah, but when you were in your childbearing age, he said, I was a kid. <laughs> you know, like, we couldn't have done that, you know. Um, yeah. You know um, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: um, well, my- numbers wise, but I never did. I never did it. I never had the urge to do it. Really, I thought about it. I considered it. I said yes a couple times, and then right before it was time to start planning things, I said, "You know, I can't do this. Here, take this ring. Give it to somebody else. I can't do it." Yeah, uh-huh. so it's interesting that you say that because I never believed in the institution. I have friends who have been married five times. Yeah and i think to
0: myself too. why why marry them i think that marriage is a, 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 is fine it's it's great you know i think people marry marry it's just the legal you know the government participation in the in marriage so that it becomes an institutional uh, you know commitment rather than a personal commitment you know i right. i think there's nothing wrong with people marrying having a spiritual ceremony doing their vows doing the cake doing the party doing the clothes whatever people like you know But to me, it's about the the perpetuation of a setup where the woman with child is dependent on a man. So the moment you conceive, the the, our system tells you you have to give up your freedom to a certain degree and and depend, you know, depend financially on a man. And it's kind of abusive for all genders, I think, you know. Um, they, the way that when way, I was growing way, up, you that. had to hmm? you had to ask. It, when I was growing up in
1: the age that I would have been having children, I if I didn't want to have the child, first of all, abortion wasn't legal, but then it was. If I wanted to have an abortion, or even if I wanted to have my tubes tied, I had to ask the permission of the husband. Yeah, yeah. And I said, I'm never asking for permission for anything. I'm yeah. never going to ask for permission from a man for anything
0: and your what? money and your bank accounts and all of that stuff becomes immediately you know you say yes to like a, a disney version of like ever after happiness and you, and love you, you like find it. yourself in that place of bondage and and it's you know and, and a lot of it is like emotional bondage because i feel that a lot of women you know sacrifice themselves thinking this is bad, best for their children and what they're actually doing is perpetuate something that's not going to be any better for their children than it is for them but they're reinforcing that setup you know so and and it's because it's built in that legal structure that comes with marriage. You know, exactly. I, I remember like when, you know, the whole movement for gay legalization of gay marriage, which of, which of course, of course, you know, they all people should be able to marry every gender. But, but still, I was like, they're going to regret it. Like, I wish they would make marriage illegal for the rest of us. <laughs> so we wouldn't have to deal with the legal aspect of it all, which kind of like immediately like, you know, brings up the the patterns you saw growing up, you know, like uh, the only the the only role modeling we have for married behavior is what we saw our poor parents like do with each other. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> now mine, mine were great with each other, but I I didn't want what they had. I did not well, want to they, do but
0: what they mean. were stuck. Like they were stuck. It right. didn't, you know, that generation. It did not occur to that many of them. To you know, to not do it or or get out. It certainly, you know, there were no such examples around them. So yeah. you are a great yeah. you know example. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I have a friend who's in her eighties. She's in her eighties. I don't. She's probably like she's probably
1: turning eighty-three. She's ten years older than me. She says that her husband did her the best favor by dying. she she is wild she's taken lots of classes with me and lots of other people that i know and she has a boyfriend much younger than her and she you know her children think she's great they don't want to know anything she's doing and i say that's fine it doesn't matter i like i love her
0: dearly and she says he just he did me a favor he left yeah. And, you know, yeah. sadly, sadly for the men also, not just the women, that's so common. You know, I have a aunt who like suffered from extreme migraines every day, her whole life, her husband dies, they stopped, they stopped. And she loved him, but also she obeyed him. And she did, you know, he was the word of, you know, the, the Lord of the house, the word of God, he would say, do it. And she would do it. She was trained. Yeah. He married her when she was like 16. I mean, what else did she know? But to just so right. she she cha- she changed. Like she was always happy, um and didn't even like make the connection. But to those of us on the outside, <laughs> and I think that that's you know I know so many women who are married, and and are decent and are polite and are great moms and are supporting wives and secretly to themselves in the you know in the dark of the night they hope. He dies. They just hope that they can get out of this and they don't see another way. They don't want to lose, you know, the house or whatever, their way of life, or they That's just right. want everything right. the same without him there anymore. And That's you know, good. and then like the woman here who started the there's a world world erotic museum in Miami. World Museum yeah. of Sex. Yeah, Wim. Uh-huh. <clears throat> her husband died he was some you know really conservative wealthy guy and her son uh, you know had been uh, was i think he was already gay or, or came out after the father died i don't remember that but basically the the exact uh, detail but basically the money she inherited she put into this museum the guy's fortune you know that he made like in corporate life went to her like buying collecting anything erotic around the world and then getting this space and filling it up with like every you know vagina and penis (laughs) representation (laughs) (laughs) she unfortunately passed recently she was a great character but like her life before had nothing to do with this you know she yeah. she w- waited it's like roy, roy crock's wife but we do you know who uh, the mcdonald's the, the man who uh, started mcdonald's and you know when he passed she took all that money and gave it to like you know liberation causes and she you know she became again she has passed but it's the same thing you know she became a supporter for all these initiatives that would have been anathema to him. So yeah. it doesn't work for either, you know. It, and and the only reason that it's a problem, I think, is the legal aspect. Otherwise, people would speak their truth. They would be able to communicate honestly, you know, and, and not get to the space where you described, where they've been together so long. They can't get out of that, you know. Well, yeah, they don't dialogue. speak their
1: truth. They don't speak and they don't know how. So we give them we give them a format on how to speak it. But sometimes uh, we can't stop them from fighting even when they're in class. It's difficult. I We also teach them. Um, I also teach with a different teacher, um, Tantra meets BDSM, which we were going to teach. We, we looked at that museum because last time we taught last time we were on the road, we were in Florida. So we taught tondra meets bdsm in miami and we taught extraordinary lovers in st petersburg so we were in florida the last time before the lockdown and um but when i but we found when we do it on zoom well we found that when we work with couples sometimes they're just unforgiving they're just very unforgiving to each other and you know the, a lot of times the women are making the men, they're so, they have so much resentment towards the men, the men can't do anything right. And, you know, the men aren't, you know, the men, aren't, their husbands are not necessarily the patriarchy. No. Do you know what I mean? They, no. just inherited, they inherited the same crap that we all inherited. So they're making this, they're cutting this guy's balls off, you know, in class. And we're like, look, You know, you have this fantasy, you want to be dominated and you're not going to let him dominate you. So we got to get to the bottom of what's underneath that, because how could he play out your fantasy? Maybe you need to play it out with somebody else. I mean, it's so crazy. The politics, exactly what you and I started talking about, the politics of relating are crazy. The politics of marriage are crazy. The politics of people's fantasies. Fantasies are politically incorrect. Fantasies, if you're a dominating man, people think you're an asshole. If you're a submissive man, people think you're a pussy. You're a wuss. If you're a dominating woman, you're a bitch. And if you have fantasies about being submissive and being a sub and you're a woman, you've betrayed the sisterhood.
0: Yeah, So it's, then, it's, a, it's you, insane how the, you know, how feminism <laughs> has gotten so confused. Right, <laughs> so we, I mean you were a feminist before me, but but um you know I, I, I learned it from from you you know your generation, and yeah. I, and I think I learned it right, <laughs> and I'm so glad I like squeezed in, you know, like i I basically came to America, learned five things, AIDS happened, you know that pandemic. And then, since then, there has been this, like, kind of going in the wrong direction, in my opinion, because, you know, feminism has focused on, like, not bringing down the patriarchy, but getting women to also be patriarchy, you know? So, okay, you know, we wanna wear the pantsuits and we wanna way, act like the guys and get paid like the guys, and we, yeah, wh- well, but but that doesn't, doesn't change it's no systemic change, you know. So when you get to the place where political correctness is puritanism, you know, like they sound what you describe, the people who think that way, who are, you know, politically correct, are, are like the Puritans in Salem, Massachusetts, you know. So there, there's, a, <laughs> there's a great kind of like reckoning that, that has to be done, like cleaning up this whole mess, because, you know, where it started, like we said in the beginning, was in an effort to break down, like, the the drama, you know, the father, son, Holy Spirit, or the father, mother, Mary suffering, you know, and the son. You know, break down that drama and get out of it, you know. That, But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It, it just it like, it, it, it got so close and then every time, you know, we would be given a couple of perks, <laughs> and we'd be like, okay, we won, you know, this round. Yeah. Well, i marched
1: to have the streets safe so i could walk late at night by myself that's why i marched and i marched so that if i had the same job as a man which mostly i didn't but if i did mostly i didn't have a job mostly i worked for myself but if i had the same job as a man i would get paid the same as a man and those were the two things that i marched for plus you know Uh, There were other things. I remember having a dialogue about um, aprons, wearing an apron. Why do women, why, what is this apron thing? Like, all of a sudden, I'm a housewife in an apron. And I just, I I had a whole dialogue about that. But, I, you know, I didn't, I loved men. I didn't want to cut their balls off.
0: Yeah. It has nothing to do with the individual man. (laughs) Yeah. Or even the, you know, or even the individual woman, it's kind of a systemic systemic thing.
1: Exactly. But, But there's so many, there's women who say to me now, you know, where are all the good men? And I say, they're standing right next to you. You have to just see who they are. Like, plus, they're so men are so confused like I also used to say, you know, don't light my cigarette. My, I can do it myself. Don't open my car door. And you know, men, they don't know what to do. They have no idea what to do anymore. They don't know what to do. They're so confused. So it's, Anyway, we've covered... You and I, we've
0: just... I know. Well, you know, they just... They should just not do a masculinity shit. And, you know, we... That they'll be fine. You know, like, just don't be Trump. Like, (laughs) Trump won (laughs) because... Of like the whole reenactment of like, you know, a strongman, like masculinity that is obsolete, you know. So this freaking nostalgia, (laughs) you know, like don't fall for that. You know, we're not going to go back. It's done. (laughs) So we have to go forward. We're not going backward. You know, these no, people no. will die. He'll die, now, everybody, all of these people will just die, and then, you know, that will be the end of, of that kind of, like, <laughs> the idea that, like, if only we could relive the 50s. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So what's, okay, so one last question. What is the this, the, the message in your uh, teaching for, you know, how to stay young and, and through sexuality? What exactly? Cause you look great. <laughs> so what is it that you do and you teach?
1: It's a, it's way more complex than a one sentence answer, but I'll say this. Never stop having sex. If you don't have a partner, you are your partner. You don't need a partner. Never stop producing oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine, And the fourth one, um, I forgot, I'm I'm blanking on it right now, but you need all those chemicals running in your body. So don't stop. Some people think when they turn 50 or they hit menopause, that's it. They don't do it anymore, and that's ridiculous. Um, That's a stupid, that's another societal thing. Um, So you need, you definitely need oxytocin in your life. Um, and in your system that for sure, you can get serotonin and dopamine from running, but you need to, you need oxytocin. That's one too. I take many supplements and I do experiments on my own body. My body is mine. So I do what I want to it. So I, there are some, uh, prescription drugs that I take that people take for other things. And I take them for anti-aging. I'm part of a, of a network of, um, People called um, Life, well, I'm friends with the Life Extension Institute and the people who discovered telomeres and the people, who, you know, uh, I've interviewed Suzanne Summers on stage in front of a thousand people. Like, what does she do about hormones and everything else? So I take all of those things. Oh, wow. And and I I have gotten stem cells. I've had, uh, I've had, um, I take NAD. NAD plus I've had two treatments of NAD I take injections every day called Samorlan and I take you know if you came to my house you see all the books well if you came to my house you'd see all the supplements like there's many 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 supplements that I take and I believe in it I, I don't you know I'm not going anywhere anytime soon that's it I love life i love people i love what i do i love sex and i plan to keep doing that for as long as i possibly can some people the the people the scientists that i know are saying that ordinary people will now live until 120. so if ordinary people will live until 120 i plan to live longer
0: Wow! I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, this is yeah. a beautiful way to close. And of course, thank next you. time you're in Florida or I'm in California, we we have to meet in person. <laughs> but thank you for yeah. this like super positive, uh, inspirational message. You know, thank that you. This, thank you. It's nothing to fear, but like our own self-imposed limitations. So, will you know? I'd love exactly. to hear more about it in some future conversation, and you know, catch up with you.
1: <laughs> I would like to. I'd. would like to make one correction to your introduction of me, which was somehow you. I sent you an old bio. So my company used to be called Butterfly Workshops, but now I have rebranded to lauriehandlers.com. Okay. And if anyone, if you or any of your listeners, want a free lesson, they can go to lauriehandlers.com forward slash unknown. And I give a lesson in something called Lottie Han, which teaches people to move in the unknown, and eventually make love to life in the unknown, Hmm. which COVID has imposed on all of us. And so we are in the unknown. So it's a very timely gift.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: Thank you. you're welcome mm. thank
0: you so much Eve. yeah it's a pleasure and uh, everybody out there this was lori handlers thank you for listening and until next week keep speaking sex my name is Eve Eurydice, and these are my conversations speaking sex i speak sex with all kinds of people who are at the forefront of this change of consciousness in the 21st century. And I encourage you to hear our ongoing liberation conversation and find your way of turning around the meaning of what we've been taught. Support my cause. Help me set you free. Hit the support button on speaksexpodcast.com hit support, hit donate. Thank you. Love you. And keep speaking sex. Another piece of good news from our sponsor, oldplayground.net. They have a special right now where you can join for three days for $3.99. You can start a profile and you can navigate the site. It's the biggest, most inclusive, most contemporary lifestyle website, uh, in English at least, that (laughs) we know of. And you can have your own exclusive content. Uh, There is a big wall with videos, uh, information, uh, podcasts about uh, sex and intimacy topics, and all kinds of open people with whom uh, you can communicate across the country. So give it a try. This is the chance to do so. And love you all. Could make love incessantly, I would be God.